Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. After you answer all of those questions and you take that 30-minute test, out pop your top five strengths. The book itself has a list of 34 strengths, but from your answers, the top five it, it gives you is your top five strengths. And so you, you take the test and out come these, these strengths, and then you can kind of see a little bit what makes you tick, what your personality is like, what you're good at, what you're maybe not so good at. You can pay a little bit extra and you can get all 34 ranked for you if you'd like, but I just got the basic five answered, so those were my top five strengths. And again, it's a great tool, and it's a great tool for someone like Pastor and I, so that when we work together, we know what each other are good at. And even sometimes it's great because you complement each other. Sometimes the things that someone else is good at, the other person isn't quite as good at. For example, Pastor's last strength, he paid the, the extra money to get all 34 ranked. His last deliberative is my number two. And I would venture to guess that if I were to pay the extra money to get all of my 34, 34 ranked, one of pastor's top five is certainly low on my list, if not last. And so it's great for two people working together to, to understand how each other work works. So Strength Finders is great, but it's not perfect, and there are things that I certainly don't like about it. One of the things that I'm not so keen on and I don't like so much is the fact that when you know your strength, when you know your strengths, tends to blind you to your weaknesses. It covers up your weakness. And we like to cover up our weaknesses, don't we? For example, if you go into a job interview and you're going to talk about yourself, what are you going to highlight? You're not going to highlight your weaknesses. You're going to highlight your strengths. What makes you a good fit for the job? Why you deserve to be in this position? And even if the person who's interviewing asks you what your weaknesses are, what do we do? We try to twist it to make it sound more like a strength than it is, is a weakness. The common, oh, I work too hard. That's my weakness. Who in their right mind would ever want to boast about their weaknesses? It's not what comes natural to us. The world proclaims, boast in your strength and cover up your weaknesses. Hide your weaknesses. But that's not what the Apostle Paul tells the Corinthian congregation this morning. It's not what the Apostle Paul tells us this morning. He says, boast in your weakness. Boast in God's strength. Don't boast in your own strength, your own wisdom, your own significance. Boast in, the, boast in God's strength. If you know anything about the Corinthian congregation, it might be that people like to call them Paul's problem child. And while I don't necessarily love that term, it's definitely understandable why people call them Paul's problem child. See, the Corinthian congregation was not a very spiritually mature congregation. They had lots of problems, lots of issues. They had lots of weaknesses. And if you wanted to take a look at what these weaknesses are, you can just flip through the book of 1 Corinthians and you'll see one after another after another. For example, the members of the congregation began following other leaders. They said, I want to follow Paul. 
Others said, no, I want to follow Apollos. Others says, no, I want to follow Peter. And it split the church. They followed the leader instead of the message that was proclaimed. A sexual scandal split the congregation in half on top of that. There was issues whether or not they could eat certain meats. They didn't know how, to, how certain worship practices should be followed. Believers were taking other believers to court. And on top of that, some of the members had questions and concerns whether or not the resurrection of Jesus even mattered. So you might be able to understand why people call them Paul's problem child. They had lots of issues, lots of weaknesses. But that's exactly why Paul wrote these words to the Corinthians. It's the exact reason why Paul writes these words to you and me as well, because we can see our weaknesses in these words as well. Paul writes to the Corinthians, Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise. Not many of you were strong. Not many of you were significant. And yet, God chose them. God chose you. God doesn't work according to human standards. God doesn't choose according to what we think is wise or powerful or significant. God chooses the foolish things to shame the wise. God chooses the weak in order to shame the strong. God chooses the insignificant, the nothings, the nobodies, the things that are not in order to shame and to nullify the things that are. Why would God work in such a way? Why would God work in a way that seems so contrary to anything that we would think? Well, Paul tells us. It's the last thing that Paul says in this section here. It says that so no one may boast before the Lord. So that no one may boast in themselves before the Lord. That no one may boast in their own strength, in their own wisdom, in their own significance. So that no one may boast before the Lord. Paul's point is this. Do you think you are wise? Do you want to boast in your own wisdom? Do you think you know how the world works and that you know better than everybody else? Do you think that you have some significance because you have some diplomas from a high, prestigious school on the wall? God says, I don't care about any of that. Do you want to know what's true wisdom? God says, true wisdom comes from that four-year-old little child who doesn't even know what two plus two equals. And yet she can sing on the top of her lungs and with all her heart that Jesus loves me, this I know. That is true wisdom to God. True wisdom wiser than any man or woman in the world. Paul's point is, do you want to boast in your strength? Do you want to boast in the fact that you, you're, a, you're a higher up in your company and you can make people do what you want to do and you have influence and you have all of these good things? God says that's not true power. Don't boast in that power. True power comes from the Christian who is on his or her knees praying to me because they realize that apart from me, they are just a weak sinner. His point is this. Do you want to boast in your high social status, your significance, your importance? Do you want to boast in the fact that you have wealth and that other people look up to you, they put you up high on a pedestal? God says, I don't care about that. I don't care about human social significance. God says, do you want to know who has significance in my eyes? It's that poor broken sinner in the back pew of church with tears in their eyes because they hear the message of the gospel. 
The message that God chose the weak, the foolish, the insignificant, that is significant to me, God says. God chooses the weak, the foolish, the insignificant so that no one may boast before the Lord. Paul isn't the only one who wrote words like this in Scripture. In fact, Paul, when he's writing this section of Scripture, is pulling from the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament. This is what the prophet Jeremiah says in his book. Jeremiah says, This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. And isn't that what comes naturally to us? We like to find our strengths. We like to utilize our strengths. We like to boast in our strength. Even if it's not out loud to someone around us, even if we aren't boasting out loud, there's that little voice inside of us which boasts every single day, well, I'm better at this than she is, or I'm better than that than he is. Our, our sinful nature naturally wants to rank each other, putting each other up on pedestals or putting each other lower on pedestals. It just comes naturally to us. It's, it's from when we were children. Think of when you were out on the schoolyard recess playground. Who is it that the team captains choose for their kickball team or their dodgeball team? Well, it's the strong. It's the athletic. It's the popular. It's natural for us to boast in strength and in wisdom and in significance. It's just the way that we're, we're born. It's natural to us. It's sinful but it's natural for us, but not with God. That's not the way God works. God doesn't choose according to significance. He doesn't choose according to wisdom. He doesn't choose according to strength. God chooses the weak, the foolish, the insignificant, so that no one may boast before him that they may boast in, the, in God's strength. He chooses this way so that they may boast in him. And scripture is filled with examples from beginning to end in God choosing the foolish, the weak, the insignificant in our eyes. When you look at creation, who is it that God put in charge, put in authority over the whole creation? He could have chosen anything, anyone, but it's the dirt and the mud that he forms into a human being and gives a soul That is who he chooses to give authority and rule over creation. And to whom is it that God blesses and promises that through his offspring all nations of the world are going to be blessed? It's not a young man and a young strong man with plenty of children. No, it's it's an old man who hasn't even had one yet and his barren old wife, Abraham and Sarah. And To whom is it that God promises and has lead his nation of Israel? It's not a strong, mighty king, but a lowly shepherd boy, David. The youngest of his family, in human standards, it's complete foolishness, complete weak. Why would you choose David? If we fast forward to the New Testament, how is it that God plans to save, chooses to save the entire world. It's not through some mighty feat of strength. 
through the humiliating, shameful, disgraceful, disgusting death of his son. God chooses the weak, the foolish, the insignificant things. And to whom does he, to, to whom does God give the blessings of that death? It's to you, it's to me, it's to the Corinthians, it's to David, it's to Abraham and Sarah, it's to Adam and Eve. God chooses the insignificant, the weak, the foolish things. And when Paul says that, he doesn't just mean things. He means you. He means me. We are the weak, the insignificant, the foolish. And God chooses you. God chooses to give you the blessings, the rewards, the gifts of his son's death. And what are those gifts? Well, Paul continues. He says, It is because of him, it is because of God that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Why should we boast in the Lord's strength? Why should we boast in God's strength? Because it is he who has made us wise. It is he who gives us strength. It is he who gives us righteousness, a right relationship with God. It is he who gives us the power to live a life more for Christ. It is he who decided to choose the weak, the foolish, the insignificant, and thought that they were worth dying for. And so he shed his precious blood, redeeming us back from sin, death, and the devil. And it's not only a one-time thing. God continues to give us gifts through things that seem so weak, so foolish, so insignificant. How does God proclaim this message of the gospel? Well, he does it through words spoken by sinful, weak, insignificant pastors and vicars on a Sunday morning. He washes our sins away with ordinary tap water, tap water that comes from the sink right back there. It's not special water. But when that water is connected with the word of God, it becomes for us holy baptism, which cleans us, cleanses us from all of our sins. And he continues to give us his love and forgiveness through bread and wine, ordinary bread and wine that you buy at the store. But when that bread and wine is connected with the powerful, significant wisdom of God, the wise words of God, it becomes for us Holy Communion, Jesus' body and blood given for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Things that seem so weak, so insignificant, so foolish to the world are for us wisdom from God, power from God, the most priceless gift of God given to us. So boast. Boast in God's strength. Don't look to yourself. Do not look to your own wisdom, your own power, your own significance. Look to him. Boast in God's strength. StrengthsFinder is a great tool for understanding how people work, what makes them uh, work better, what's more efficient, better communication, all of those sorts of things. So I don't want you to, to take away from this sermon that StrengthsFinder is some bad tool that's not worth anything because it is worth something. But don't boast in your strength. 
Boast in the fact that you were weak, foolish, insignificant, and yet God chose you. Boast in God's strength. Those words from the prophet Jeremiah that I quoted earlier in the sermon, those weren't the only words that Jeremiah wrote. I'll finish the quote. I'll read the first part again as well. So Jeremiah writes, This is what the Lord says, Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. But let him, let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, that I am the Lord who exercises mercy and justice and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight. Brothers and sisters, don't boast in human worldly wisdom or power or significance. Boast in God. Boast in God's strength. Boast in God who chose the foolish, the insignificant, the weak. Boast in God who chooses you. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.